Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds them of another favor. وَإِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَ وَإِذْ And also remember this blessing. Don't forget this one. Which one? That وَإِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمْ فَرَقْنَا فَرَقَ فَرْق And فَرْق is to separate, to divide between two things. One thing, you separate it so it becomes into two. Like for example, cells, how do they multiply? By division. One cell divides into two. This is فَرْق. Or similarly, you have a huge piece of paper and you cut it from the middle. فَرْق Divide it. So, وَإِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمْ We parted بِكُمْ with you. What does it mean by بِكُمْ? Meaning لِأَجْلِكُمْ Because of you. For your sake. We divided for your sake. What did we divide for your sake, O Bani Israel? Al-Bahra, The sea. The sea was divided into two for your sake. When? When Musa went to Fir'aun and demanded that Fir'aun should release the Bani Israel, what did Fir'aun do? He refused. Show us this sign, show us that miracle. Punishments were sent upon Fir'aun and his people. He said, remove this punishment, we will believe, we will let the Bani Israel go. Every time that was done, Fir'aun went back on his word. And eventually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Musa take the Bani Israel and leave. Leave Egypt, go to Palestine. So when they left, Musa he took the Bani Israel towards Palestine. And on the way to Palestine from Egypt, you have a sea in front of you. Now imagine, Bani Israel left not with boats, not with construction material, not with rafts, not with swimming gear. No. They left perhaps empty-handed or with the bare minimum stuff. At front of the sea, they're standing there like, that's it, we're going to be gone. So imagine the sea in front of them, the army of Fir'aun behind them. The people of Musa said, that's it, we're doomed, we're finished. Musa said, kalla, no way, never. Inna ma'ya rabbi sayahdeen. With me is my Lord and He will guide me. He told us to come this way, He will show us what to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Shu'ara, ayah 63, that فَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَى مُوسَىٰ أَنِضْرِبْ بِعَصَاكَ الْبَحْرِ that we inspire to Musa salam that strike the sea with your staff. The same staff which when he threw turned into a snake, the same staff he was told to throw into the sea, fan falaqa. So the sea parted. And what happened? Fakana kullu firqin azim. And each part of the sea was like a huge mountain. So imagine all the water as if a huge mountain on your right and a huge mountain on your left and in the middle, a dry path. وَإِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَ This was done for whose sake? Bani Israel. Have we ever heard of anyone else for whom this was done? The sea was parted for them? This is how special the Bani Israel was. وَإِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَ So what happened then? فَأَنْجَيْنَاكُمْ Then we rescued you. أَنْجَيْنَا Same root. نُونْ جِيمْ وَاو We rescued you. We saved you. Because when the sea was parted, there was a clear path before them and they crossed it safely. But when they crossed... Fir'aun said, great, I can also go after them. And when he tried to go after them, as he reached right into the center of the sea, what happened? وَأَغْرَقْنَا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ And we drowned the people of Fir'aun. The sea closed in on them. Just imagine. The sea closed in on them. وَأَغْرَقْنَا أَغْرَقْنَا غَيْنْ غَرْق And غَرْق is to drown. So we caused to drown who? آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ the entire people of Fir'aun. All of them who had come with him. وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ And you were looking. تَنْظُرُونَ نُونْ نَظَرَ نَظَرَ is to look, to see. So all of this happened before your very eyes. 
you saw the people of Fir'aun coming into the sea and you saw the water crashing on them. You saw the sea closing on them and you saw the end of Fir'aun and his people. They were killed, they died before your very eyes. What do we learn in this ayah? Many lessons. First of all, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding the Bani Israel as to how He saved them, how He rescued them. In the previous verse, what do we learn? That Allah saved them from Fir'aun and his oppression. And in this verse, Allah tells them as to how exactly He saved them. And this saving was a huge blessing. Remember that a blessing includes two things. First of all, it includes that a person gets that which he wants, what is beneficial for him. And secondly, a blessing includes that what is harmful, what is disliked, is taken away from a person. He gets rid of it. So how is this a blessing for the Bani Israel? That what was their goal, what was their desire? That they should be saved. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them that blessing. What was dangerous for them? What was harmful for them? Fir'aun and his people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused them to drown. A complete blessing. A complete favor. Then we also learn in this verse that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to take a person out of some difficulty, out of some trial, He can do so by means that we cannot even imagine, we cannot even think of. Could the Bani Israel ever expect that the sea would be parted for them? Perhaps a huge ship appearing in which they could you know, board and the ship would take them safely. Okay, but the sea parting for them? I mean, that's a big deal. Who can cause that to happen? Only Allah. So when we want to come out of some difficulty, who should we turn to? The one who can cause the sea to split. The one who has the power to relieve you. The one who has the power to take you out of your problem. What happens to us is, that when we are in some difficulty, we make dua to Allah. And what do we expect? As soon as we pray, a miracle happens, and boom, the problem is gone. Does it happen like that? Not necessarily. The Bani Israel, they suffered for one year? One month? One day? No. For many, many years. Just imagine, Musa salam, when he was born, the Bani Israel were enslaved. And this is why the mother of Musa salam, put him in a basket and put the basket where? In the river. And the people of Fir'aun picked him up and adopted him as their own child. Musa salam, left Egypt, went to Madian, and then came back as a prophet. And at what age were prophets given prophethood? At the age of 40. That is when he returned to Egypt as a prophet of Allah. Did the Bani Israel leave the next day? No. They left Egypt after many, many years. What does it show to us? That problems, they go eventually, but not quickly. When you're making dua, have patience. When you turn to Allah, have patience. You wonder... Why can it not be taken away immediately? There is some wisdom. There is some reason that we cannot see right now. We do not comprehend right now. But there is a reason why your problem is not being taken away immediately. Something has to happen or you have to learn a lesson or something or the other that Allah alone knows about. But we should have patience when we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is Allah not patient with us? Of course. Think about So many times we disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So many times we say things that Allah does not like. We hear things that Allah does not like. Does He punish us immediately? No. 
when he doesn't punish us immediately when he doesn't give us our record of deeds and our final fate until the day of judgment then why are we so impatient that oh allah lift our problems away from us immediately another very important lesson that we learn is that it is also a huge blessing of allah if a person sees his enemies end before his eyes meaning a person sees the end of his enemy and not just hears about it because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wa antum tanzurun the fir'aun and his people they were drowned but you saw them drowning imagine someone you hate i hope you don't but just imagine someone has been very very harsh to you they've ruined your life they've ruined your confidence they've brought a lot of misery and pain to you do you have any good feelings for them do you want to take revenge from them of course why not imagine the state of the bani israel imagine one person one woman her son was killed her brother was killed her father was killed imagine a man whose wife was raped whose daughter was raped whose family was killed imagine the sorrow the misery the anger the feelings of revenge they had in their hearts and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala satisfied their hearts when he showed to them the end of fir'aun and his people wa antum tanzurun this was an added blessing on them an added favor to them wa antum tanzurun so this is also a huge favor that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the bani israel of one more lesson that we learn is fir'aun and his people how were they punished they were drowned in the sea fir'aun was a very very proud person he was a very proud man and he considered himself to be god just imagine the foolishness of that man who knows he's not god but he's telling people i am god just imagine and he tried to show his power to the people as well because this is how he controlled them and how did he show his power to the people we learn in the quran in surah az-zukhruf ayah 51 that wanada fir'aun fi qaumihi qala ya qaumi alaysa li mulku misr he announced in his kingdom that oh my people this nation this kingdom doesn't it belong to me isn't it mine wa hadhihi al-anhar and these rivers in egypt tajri min tahti they flow under my control meaning i have absolute power and control over these rivers so he boasted to them that he had authority power over even the land of egypt and the water of egypt and what happened he died in that very water he was killed in that very water so when a person is arrogant about what allah has given him then what happens he is humiliated he was proud about the water of egypt and he was killed in water let's listen to the recitation of these two verses and then we'll continue وَإِذْ نَجَّيْنَاكُمْ مِنْ آلِ فِرْعَوْنَ يَسُومُونَكُمْ سُوءَ الْعَذَابِ يُذَبِّحُونَ أَبْنَاءَكُمْ وَيَسْتَحْيُونَ نِسَاءَكُمْ وَفِي ذَلِكُمْ بَلَاءٌ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ عَظِيمٌ وَإِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَ فَأَنْجَيْنَاكُمْ وَأَغْرَقْنَا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ Imagine the Bani Israel, they became corrupted in their religion. Yet Allah saved them. Yet Allah rescued them. Yet Allah sent a messenger to them. 
What do we think? That if a person has done something wrong, they're cursed forever. No good should ever be shown to them. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His mercy and His forgiveness is much more vast than that. As long as a person is alive, as long as a person is living, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows His favor to them. Who is being addressed in these verses? Primarily, the Bani Israel. Which Bani Israel? Those present at the time of the Prophet Now, were they the ones who were rescued from Fir'aun? Were they the ones for whom the sea was parted? No. Then why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala address them? Because if this favor was not shown to their ancestors, would they be present today? Would they be alive today? Remember that a favor, a blessing on your parents is a blessing on you. A blessing that your parents have enjoyed is in fact a blessing on you. If your parents weren't safe and secure, would you be safe and secure? If they didn't have education, would they bother to educate you? No. A favor, a blessing on your parents is in fact a blessing on who? On you. And the money is right are being reminded of their history so that they are grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah has been kind to us since centuries, generations, one generation after the other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was so kind and generous towards us. So when He has been so kind towards us, what should we do? Believe in Him, obey Him, not disobey Him, be grateful to Him. Then Allah says, وَإِذْ وَعَدْنَا مُوسَى And remember this favor as well. وَذْكُرُوا إِذْ وَعَدْنَا مُوسَى We promised, we made an appointment with who? Musa a.s. The word wa'adna is from the root letters wa'ain dal wa'ada. Do you know about the word wa'ad? What does wa'ad mean? A promise. But wa'ada, you see the alif here, wa'ada is to make a promise with someone. There are two people involved here, two parties involved here. So wa'adna, we made an appointment, we made a promise with who? Musa a.s. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made an appointment with who? Musa a.s. And this appointment was where? At the Mount Tur. For how long? Arba'een laylatan. Forty nights. Arba'een, arba'a. What does arba'a mean? Four. Arba'een, forty. Thalatheen, thirty. So for forty nights, Musa a.s. was to be where? At Mount Tur. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him to come there. The Bani Israel were enslaved. They became corrupt. They wanted to get out of that problem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Musa alayhi salam who rescued them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused the sea to be parted. And what happened? The Bani Israel, they ended up where? In the desert, in the plain of Sinai. And they were to go back home. They were to go back to Palestine. If a people have been enslaved for years and years, what knowledge do they have? Whatever religion they knew of, perhaps they have forgotten by now. Whatever they knew was lost. Like for example, it is said that the African American people, who were they? Many of them were in fact Muslims when they were brought in as slaves to North America. But what happened over time? They lost their religion. So that some of them till today have Muslim names. Why? Because those names are well known in their culture, their religion, they don't know. They have forgotten, they have lost it. So think about the Bani Israel in the same way that they had forgotten their religion and they had to be taught. So Musa came not just to rescue them, but he also came as a messenger. Now they were going to have a fresh start. They were going to go back home and live normally as free people and as those people whose responsibility was to live according to the guidance that Allah had sent and also tell other people about it. And the book, the Torah, how was it given to them? 
through Musa alayhi salam. How was it given to Musa alayhi salam? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him to come to Mount Tur. And he was supposed to come to Mount Tur for how long? Originally, 30 nights. They crossed the sea. Bani Israel is there. Musa alayhi salam left Harun alayhi salam in charge of the Bani Israel, went to Mount Tur for 30 nights to get the Torah. But while he was there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extended that appointment with 10 more nights. So 30 became how much? 40. The Bani Israel back in the desert of Sinai, what happened to them? They said, Musa went for 30 nights. It's been 30 nights. He's not coming back. Forget about him. You know what? We're going to make our own God. And we're going to make our own religion. We're going to create our own ways of worship. So let's make an idol and let's worship it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ثُمَّ Then you adopted, you took, اتَّخَذْتُمْ Hamza أَخَذَ To take. And اتَّخَذَ To firmly take. So you adopted what? Al-Ijla, The calf. Meaning you made the calf as your god. And you worship the calf. The word ijl, ayn jim lam, is used for a calf. You can say like a baby cow, an infant cow, that is less than one month old. Less than one month old. And this calf, they made it. They made it themselves. With what? With gold. So it was a sculpture, a statue of a calf that was made of gold. And who made it for them? A man whose name was Samiri. He was also from the Bani Israel. Why did they make that calf? Many reasons are given. For example, it has been said that the Bani Israel, when they left Egypt, they took with them only the most valuable belongings that they had. Which, what could it be? Gold. If you were told you have five minutes, evacuate, leave your house, what would you take with you? Your favorite dishes? And your vacuum that you bought and you're so proud of? And your linens? And your shoe closet? What would you take with you? Your jewelry, your money. So they took their gold with them. Imagine you're in the desert and you have all this jewelry. It's like burdensome on you. So they said, oh, you know what? Let's make a calf. Let's make an idol out of it. So they made an idol out of it and they started worshipping it. Allah says, You took the calf for worship. After him. After who? After Musa salam went to the Mount Tur. He was gone and you made the calf for worship. antum ظَالِمُونَ And you were wrongdoers. You were zalim. How? When you made the calf and you started worshipping it. Zalimun is the plural of zalim. Zalam mim. Zulm. What does zulm mean? Oppression. Injustice. So you were unjust people. Meaning you were guilty. There is no excuse for you. You're not innocent at all. Antum zalimun. How was it zulm? Because they were committing shirk. And remember that inna shirka la zulmun azim. Shirk is the greatest injustice. Wa antum zalimun. But Allah says, summa then afuna ankum. We pardoned you. Afuna ainfa wa afun. And afu afa is to wipe off something, to erase something. Afuna. Afu is forgiveness, pardon in such a way that you don't inflict any punishment on the person who has done wrong. They've done wrong, but you don't punish them. Just imagine, did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send any immediate punishment on them? No. Later on, yes, they had to do tawbah, and part of the tawbah was that they had to take the legal punishment. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not annihilate them, He did not finish them, He did not punish them immediately. We pardoned you, we forgave you. Even after that, even after you're worshipping the calf. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you would be grateful. The word لَعَلَّ What does it mean? It gives meaning of reason, remember? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ أُعْبُذُوا رَبَّكُمْ أَلَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ 
La'alla gives meaning of reason. So why did Allah pardon you? So that you should be grateful. A question was asked, if the Bani Israel had become corrupt, then why did Allah save them? Exactly. This was a huge favor of Allah. When they worship the calf, why did Allah forgive them? As a favor, so that they are grateful. This is how forgiving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Tashkurun is from shukr, sheen kafra. And shukr is what? Gratitude, gratefulness. To show thanks, to give thanks for a favor that has been done to a person. From the root letter sheen kafra is the word shakur. Dabat shakur is used for an animal that is very healthy, that is very good, that produces a lot of milk, does a lot of hard work. And when you see an animal like that, what do you know? The master is very good to it. He really takes good care. If you see a car that is shining, even if it's like a model that is five years old, there's no scratch on it, no dent on it, no chip on it, nothing like that. Inside, perfectly clean. What do you think? The owner really loves his car. The owner really takes care of his car. There's a person on my street, he has a huge truck. And anytime I go walking, most of the time, I would say 75% of the time, I see him cleaning his truck. Massive truck, huge truck. And he cleans it as if he was cleaning himself. Vacuums it and polishes it. He's sitting on top of it and polishing it and cleaning the windows. Why? He loves it. So a clean car represents the good behavior of who? The master. A healthy animal represents the good behavior of who? The master. So shukr is what? Shukr is to show happiness, to show gratefulness that Allah has done a favor on you. But if we appear to be the most miserable people, sad and gloomy and upset and angry, that we don't even take care of ourselves, it's as though we're saying, Allah has not done any favor on me. When we don't take care of ourselves, when we don't take care of our responsibilities, of our body, of our health, when we don't do something good that Allah wants us to do, in a way we're saying, Allah has not done any good to me. Shukr, gratitude is not just saying, Alhamdulillah. It's not just saying, thank you Allah. Shukr is an attitude, it's a way of life. This is why the scholars have said that shukr is expressed in three ways. First of all, shukr bil qalb, in the heart. And this is that a person believes, he confesses, he realizes in his heart that whatever he has, has been given to him by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Realization of a blessing. Yaqeen, belief that it is from Allah. Allah has not deprived me. Secondly, shukr is also expressed through the tongue. It is also expressed how? Through the tongue. That a person says words of gratitude. So for example, he says, Alhamdulillah. He says, thank you Allah. When he is sitting with people, he's not counting the problems that he's facing. What does he count? The blessings. He doesn't say the glass is half empty, but rather he says the glass is half full. He talks about good things. And thirdly, shukr is also expressed through jawarih, through the limbs of a person. How? That a person does those actions which Allah likes. Because when a person performs those actions which Allah likes, then what is he saying? Allah, I am very happy. I'm very grateful. I love you for all the favors that you've done to me. This is why I will obey you. This is why I am doing this. So shukr is not just words. What does it include? The heart, 
the tongue as well as the actions. It's a way of life, it's an attitude. So Allah says, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ We pardon you so that you would be grateful. What do we learn in these verses? We learn over here, ثُمَّ عَفَوْنَا عَنْكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Should we be grateful only for the car that we drive, the clothes that we have, the family that we have, the food that we eat? What else should we be grateful for? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave us for the crimes that we commit, for the sins that we commit. We seek forgiveness and Allah forgives. So gratitude for what? For forgiveness. Being forgiven is a blessing. And this is why a person should be grateful. Another very important lesson that we learn in these verses is the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in appointing 40 nights for giving the book to Musa alayhi salam. Could the book not be given in one instant? Could it not be given in one instant? It could be, very easily. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa alayhi salam, you have to come here, stay 30 nights, and then 10 more nights were added, 40 nights, and then the book was given. Why? Because the knowledge of the deen is unlike any other knowledge. The knowledge of the deen is not like learning math equations or physics concepts, all of that. No. The knowledge of the deen is not just to be memorized and learnt, but it has to be absorbed and understood and internalized. To understand something, to fully absorb something, to fully internalize something, you need time. You need time. For example, right now, we could have been going through these verses very quickly. I could be telling you, oh, this is what this word means, this is what this word means, this is what this... Quickly we could go through it. But why am I spending so much time? Because we need to understand these verses, relate them to our lives, so that we can absorb them, so that we can live according to them. This knowledge is not like the knowledge of math and science. No, it's different. This is why time was taken. The Prophet ﷺ, how long did it take for him to receive the Qur'an? A total of 23 years. Allah is qadir over giving the Qur'an to his messenger in one day, less than a day. But 23 years, because this religion, this knowledge, it requires time and attention from us. So one lesson that we can take for ourselves is that when we're learning the deen, if it takes time for us, a lot of time, don't become impatient. You need to give it time. Without time and practice, you cannot internalize. You cannot fully understand. Another very important lesson that we learn is that Musa was called to the Mantur, away from the people, away from all distractions, so that he would be there fully and completely devoted, receiving the Torah. Similarly, if we want to understand the deen, absorb it, internalize it, what do we need to do? Give focused attention to it. Focused attention. So when you're learning your lesson, when you're doing your assignment, when you're doing your homework, don't sit in front of the television, please. Don't have your phone on. Don't have your iPad on with your Facebook and your Twitter feed constantly reloading. No. Focus. 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 Turn off everything. Pay attention. Just like Musa had to pay attention at the Mantur, all by himself, alone, not even one other person with him. No distraction. Because if we were distracted, we cannot absorb. Another very important lesson that we learn is about the complete and absolute ignorance as well as ingratitude of the Bani Israel. Who saved them from Fir'aun? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who caused the sea to be parted for them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who did they worship when they were saved? A statue that they made themselves. I mean, if it descended from the sky, okay, something special. If all of a sudden it appeared out of nowhere, okay, something special. If it did something, something special. 
What a calf that you've made with your own hands. What's so special about it? Nothing. Nothing at all. So what does it show? Their complete ignorance. And it shows how much they needed the hidayah, how much they needed the knowledge of the deen, the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How mentally enslaved they were. The people of Egypt, what were they? Polytheists. They used to worship idols. And the Bani Israel, as soon as they were freed, they imitated who? Those people who had controlled them. And unfortunately, many times we do the same thing as well. That we imitate other people. Just because we think what they're doing is very cool. I mean, gold seems very impressive, very attractive. Golden, bright, attractive. So they made a statue out of it. Perhaps when they saw the Egyptians worshipping their idols, they were very impressed. So they wanted to do the same thing. And we do the same thing. We follow other people without even thinking about what we're doing. For example... Oh, this person, oh, look at her. She's so bold and confident. And look at how she swears all the time. I should do the same thing. Wannabes. This is what we have become. It's as though we have no identity and we just imitate other people all the time. This is why we can't wear the hijab. This is why we can't pray salah. This is why we can't fix our language. This is why we can't fix our actions. We just imitate other people without even using our mind. This is not... Being cool, this is being foolish and ignorant. Why should you do what other people are doing? Why? Why should you imitate them? Why should you be a sheep? You know what sheep do? They just follow the crowd. Wherever the sound is coming from, they just run there. They don't think themselves. Which is why even if one sheep falls off the cliff, all the other sheep will follow. And this is what we do. She said this bad word, cool, I can say that too. There we go, using it against our parents and against our sisters and family members without any respect for anybody. This is not being cool. This is being absolutely foolish. We learn about the Bani Israel in Surah Al-A'raf, ayah number 138. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, But the Bani Israel, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused them to cross the sea and they passed by a people who were very devoted to their idols. So they saw this in Egypt and they saw this right after they crossed the sea. When they saw that, قَالُوا يَا مُوسَى They said, O Musa, اِجْعَلْ لَنَا إِلَٰهًا كَمَا لَهُمْ آلِهَا You also make a god for us. It says they have so many gods. You make an idol for us. It says they have so many idols. We'd love to do the same thing. Musa salam said, قَالَ إِنَّكُمْ قَوْمٌ تَجْهَلُونَ You are people who are ignorant. They imitated the people. They wanted to imitate. Musa salam did not listen. He went to the Mount Tur. What did they do? They made a calf behind him. So we must use our mind, use our thinking, reasoning before we imitate other people, before we do what they're doing. Similarly, we also learn in this ayah about the vastness, the tolerance, the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that how generous He is, how tolerant He is, that the same the Israel whom He saved started worshipping a calf, and there was no thunderbolt that fell from the sky finishing all of them. The water of the sea did not come and swallow all of them. No. Look at how forgiving Allah is. ثُمَّ عَفَوْنَا عَنْكُمْ Then Allah says, إِذْ أَدَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ And recall, remember this favor as well. When we gave the book to Musa a.s. أَتَيْنَا أَتَيْنَا Hamza تَعْيَا أَتَى is to come and أَتَى is to give. So we gave to Musa, what? الْكِتَابَ The book. Which book is this? The Tawrat. So we gave him the Tawrat. وَالْفُرْقَانَ And also the Furqan. Furqan is from the root letters Faraqaf. What does Faraqna mean? To separate, to divide. And Furqan is a noun which means that which separates, that which divides. And it's translated as 
criterion. Furqan over here is a description of the kitab. It's a description of the book. It appears to be something different, but it's not actually something different. In Arabic, there is a rule of atf and sifa. Sifa being atf, okay? Those of you who are familiar with these words, get it. And those of you who don't know, remove it. As if you didn't hear anything. Remember this rule. Whenever I say something of grammar that you don't understand, ignore it. And if you know, benefit from it. Okay? So there is a rule in Arabic which is of atf, of sifa ala al-mawsuf. That you join the attribute, the adjective, with a vowel in the middle. But it's not referring to something different. So for example, over here, al-kitaba wal-furqana. It appears to be two different things. But al-furqan is actually a sifa. It's an adjective of what? Al-kitab. And in the middle, there is harf atf. Wow. So the kitab, the Torah, how does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describe it? As criterion. Something that separated, distinguished between what? Right and wrong. Good and evil. The Bani Israel, did they have any idea about what right was, what wrong was when they left Egypt? Doesn't seem like it. Because... What's the most important thing that we must know about our religion? That Allah alone deserves worship. You ask any Muslim, even if he does not know much about religion, what does he know? Who is our Lord? Allah. This is the basic principle. Basic. But imagine the Bani Israel had forgotten even that. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them the book, which served as a criterion, guiding them what was right, what was wrong. Al-Kitabu wal-Furqana. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ So that you would obtain guidance. تَهْتَدُونَ هَذَا لِيَا Hidaya. That you would obtain guidance. And remember, Hidayah is of two types. One is Hidayah of Irshad. Hidayah of Ilm. And the second is Hidayah of Tawfiq. Hidayah of Amal. So over here, it refers to both things. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ So that you're guided, meaning you know what you're supposed to do. And when you know what you're supposed to do, you may do it. What does it show to us? That the sending of books for the people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent many books for people for their guidance. This is one of the greatest favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed on mankind. One of the greatest favors. Because if the books were not sent, if the religion was not revealed, how would we know that how we're supposed to give the haqq of Allah? How would we know about the best way of giving the haqq of people? We wouldn't know. Human beings, they have this fitra in them. There is a being who has made me. Where did I come from? Where am I going? Why am I here? Every person has this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the books to guide us. If He had not sent the books, it would be very difficult for us to find the truth. Very difficult. So the revelation of the books is a huge blessing. Why? Because through these books we learn how we're supposed to live properly, give the haqq of Allah and also give the haqq of the creation of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Torah to the Bani Israel. What has He given to us? The Qur'an. The Qur'an is a blessing. Take it as a blessing. Be grateful for it. Because it is in reality a blessing. We also learn from this verse that the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Torah to the Bani Israel was what? So that they would obtain guidance. What does it show? That guidance comes from where? From where? Your ideas? Your reflection, your own thinking, your own observation? No. Where does guidance come from? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The revelation that He has sent, the book that He has given, that is the source of guidance. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ 
So if we want to improve ourselves, we want to better ourselves, what should we turn to? The book of Allah. If we feel we are lost, we have so many questions, we'd like them to be answered, what do we need to turn to? The book of Allah. So for example, today we learned about why we suffer from problems, why we go through difficulties and trials. Where do you get this answer from? The book of Allah. Not anywhere else. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ And we also learn in this verse about the great virtue of the Torah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to Bani Israel. وَإِذْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَ الْكِتَابَ وَالْفُرْقَانَ Allah describes it as furqan. At another place in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it as nur, guidance. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, ayah 44, Allah says, إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَا التَّورَاتَ فِيهَا هُدًا وَنُورٌ Nur, light. What does light do? It shows you the way. Imagine you're in darkness. You won't know what is what, where you're supposed to go, where you're supposed to sit, stand, anything. You're lost, confused. Light, what does it do? It puts everything in its place. And this is exactly what the book of Allah does. It's a light. Let's listen to the recitation. وَإِذْ وَاعَدْنَا مُوسَىٰ أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةً ثُمَّ اتَّخَذْتُمُ الْعِجْلَ مِن بَعْدِهِ وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ ثُمَّ عَفَوْنَا عَنْكُمْ مِن بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ وَإِذْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ وَالْفُرْقَانَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ So were the Bani Israel grateful? Allah saved them, He rescued them, were they grateful? No? Why do you say that? Exactly. That instead of giving the haqq of Allah, what did they do? They gave the haqq of Allah to something else. What is the right of Allah? That He should be? Worshipped. It is his right. And especially when Allah saved them, it was more of his right that he should be worshipped and he should be thanked. But what did the Bani Israel do? Instead of worshipping him, they worshipped something else. An idol that they made themselves. And we need to learn from this as well. Many times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes us out of problems and difficulties, but what do we do? What do we say? Thank God for that medicine. Oh, we're saying thank God. But many times we say, oh, you know that medicine, if I didn't find it, I'd be gone. That doctor, he saved my life. That doctor is amazing. We say such statements. And in the back of our mind, okay, we know, yeah, Allah did this favor, but who are we actually truly grateful to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or other people? Other people, many times unfortunately it happens with us. That doctor came right in time. That person came right in time. This thing happened right in time. Think about it. Who caused it to happen? Allah alone caused it to happen. So when He caused it to happen, we should thank Him the most. When we are in extreme difficulty, then we turn to who? Allah alone. We turn to Allah alone. When we've tried everything, when we've tried the medication, we've tried the doctors, we've tried different alternate medicine, different things we've tried, nothing works, then we turn to Allah. Allah alone saves us. And then what do we do? We say, I don't know what worked. Something worked. I tried everything. The answer should be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped me. He is the one who cured me. So one lesson that we can take with ourselves today is, what? Thank Allah. Thank Allah for being here. Being safe. And thank Allah for all of the blessings that we have.
If we just change our thinking, instead of focusing on the problems, we start focusing on the blessings. Instead of focusing on what we don't have, we should start focusing on what we do have. Because remember that Allah has not deprived any person of good. Every single person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them something special. Typically we say, oh, the blessing of health, the blessing of a body, the blessing of a hand, the blessing of an eye. But think about it realistically. If you have terrible in-laws, it's quite possible you have a very loving mother, very loving children. If you think that you have poor health, it's quite possible that you have a lot of good education. You have a very good career. You have very good friends. Shaitan makes us focus on what we don't have. And in the process, we forget everything that we have. So focus at what? The blessings. This will make you happier. 